Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the Booth. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the f***ing club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music, girls, let's, let's go. go. Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> I'm missing the most important part. Boys with the bass, yeah. We should throw like a crazy like bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. I finished it. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing? Just wait. You know it kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. <laughs> <clears throat> Yo, yo, what's good, everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm, and today is Friday, May 19th, 2023, and this is episode 219. It has been a few months since the last episode, but we are back and better than ever. It is my honor to welcome back two special individuals who have now officially joined forces under their new moniker called Hot Pretty. Zooey Glass and Abigail are some Sherman the Booth OGs, and it was such a blast sitting down with them and talking about this new project. Now, I mean it when I say you're going to want to listen through this whole episode. We talked about the past, present, and future of the Chicago house music scene, launching Hot Pretty, event curation, music production styles and influences, overcoming performance anxiety, mental health, and so much more. I'm lucky enough to have met them years ago. Zooey was on episode 39 and Abigail was episode 90. They are some of my favorite people in and outside of music and I'm genuinely a huge fan. I cannot wait to see how this next chapter unfolds for them. Enough of me talking though, let's get into it right now so you guys can hear their story for yourselves. This is episode 219 with Hot Pretty. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello. Welcome to Sherman the Booth at my new spot with two of my favorite people on earth in and outside of music, Zoe Glass and Amo Groman. Guys, how does it feel to be here right now? Is it, are we officially the first in the new location? Yes. Oh, wow. It feels amazing. We're yeah. honored to be here. The maiden voyage. Dude, you guys are some Sherman the Booth OGs. We've been heavy, uh, long-time listener. <laughs> <laughs> First time caller. First time calling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Seamus is actually the one who inspired me to get a microphone like this. Yeah. He said, you were born to have a mic in your hand, and you need to hold it like this. So this is the way to go, we'll yeah. We'll see what the viewers think of this posture. It feels natural, because I can't, like, this is like, I'm about to Especially not with that mic. Am I mic. doing it wrong? Yeah. No, you're good. No, with you that, look good. With that kind of mic, I think that kind of grip is good, but with yeah. a long one. I feel like I'm strangling someone. Yeah. 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 Or it looks like a mallet much, almost. Yeah. It's really long. Too. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's very long. It's a great mic. Yeah, it's a game show mic. But this is probably like now that I'm sitting here, my the, my favorite setup that I've ever had like over the years. The podcast has changed so much. Like the first episode was just me narrating and thinking, okay, I'm going to do a mix and talk and see how that goes. Yeah. And the, the inflection in my voice is like, 
what's up guys this is Sherm you know I'm a DJ here in Chicago like thinking I'm so fucking cool <laughs> and then like every episode I kind of was like leaning into it more I was like I, w- I want to have fun like why am I being so serious and then I started doing interviews and I was like this is what I want it to be like but there was a mixed portion for a long time long right? time yeah yeah no Abby was still doing mixes at like episode uh, 95 yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. I remember oh, that. Oh, yeah, I did the Drive Faster mix. Uh, yeah, and you guys literally have two of the sickest guest mixes, by the way. I think I got to bring oh, them thank back. Thank you. Honestly, Maybe yeah. Maybe we get a Hot I, Pretty we mix. Need to, we need to resurface the Drive Faster mix. Yes, a Hot Pretty mix. Well, and Seamus, you literally named your mix. I didn't write it down, but I was like, when when you sent me a mix and it was named, I was like, oh, God, this guy's different. Oh, yeah. He's built different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a great name. I'm trying to remember what it was. I'd have to go back into the archives. We'll look. We'll look. It was a heady name, though. It was. Yeah, no, it stood out. But now we're here. I'm doing video interviews. This is going to be episode 219. 219? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. That's crazy. I know. I'm like in like the 0.1% of podcasters in terms of like volume and like commitment and stuff. Isn't it like 90% never make it past episode one? And then like, and then from that group, it's smaller that goes past episode three or something. It's crazy. Yeah. And I I was on a short lived podcast, a film podcast (laughs) that only made three episodes and I was only on one. (laughs) The viewing pleasure podcast. It's a lot tougher. I mean, it's like, it's its own form of creativity, but just like anything in music or creative in general, there's a lot more that goes on to it than just what people see. Yes. Yeah. And just it's about sticking with it, right? Like Absolutely. There just are a lot of shitty episodes of Sherman yeah. the Booth. <laughs> that was me being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm trying. I'm putting myself out there. And that was exciting. And I still hold on to that excitement. And that's where I'm at these days, like on a personal level, is like going back to my roots of like having fun. Because yeah. I've talked to you guys about this a lot. Like, I spent so much time like focusing on getting the promoter's attention or the festival booker's attention when I should have been focusing on the people that were supporting me and why I love music or creating it or DJing or making content yeah, and not thinking, will this work for this goal that I have that maybe isn't even an attainable goal in this timeline, you know? Yeah, that gatekeeper, like the focus on the gatekeepers yeah, rather yeah. than the There's community. A lot of gatekeepers, especially in Chicago. Yeah. I think yeah. pre-COVID too. Pre-COVID, yeah. Lots yeah. changed. A lot has changed. I mean, the pie has gotten way bigger. I think yep. it's a little bit easier to access nowadays. Um, Pre-COVID, it was different. It was, yeah. It was way different. You were yeah. very reliant on those certain bookers. You kind of had yeah. to. I mean, I don't want to like... You did. No, you had to play the game. Yeah, like, and, yeah. I, and I did. And now I'm like, so glad I'm not. And us three now are like... We're making the game. We're redefining the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. So I'll, I'll do the numbers right here. Seamus, 3-6-2018, episode 39, five years ago. Abigail, January 15, 2020, episode 95. A lot has happened in the industry for us individually, but also in the scene in the community. And that's what I want to start with right away. Yeah. Yeah. Is like where we're at right now, especially on the Chicago level, is so special and exciting yeah. and there was a long period of time where people would say internationally, oh, you're Chicago DJ. Like, that's so cool. What's the scene like? And I'm like, you really got to know where the scene is. But now it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it's everywhere. Like, now, <laughs> yeah. 
even like going to a restaurant or just any <laughs> bar or club that I would never associate with dance music. Like yep. even if there's not a DJ playing, it's like progressive house or like some form of dance music being played. Yep. It's no longer like top 40, no. pretty much anywhere. It's really, really exciting. Like on, on like all sides of the business, like you said, literally in the restaurant world, in the hotel world. Yeah. yeah. Of course in the club and festival world. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much more understanding of, like, house music and dance music. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a lot more acceptance for it. But, you know, that's come with with other things, too, where there's, like, a lot of dilettantism to it now, mm, too. That's a great Seamus word right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of dilettantes out here. But it's okay. I mean, I think it's for the best. I think the scene's in a better place than it was yeah. back then. But I think, like... I went on like a Twitter thread about this recently Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, about how for those of us who started DJing like before it was cool here, Mm -hmm. it's very different wherever you're from, but in Chicago before it was cool. And I would say like pre 2021, (laughs) it wasn't cool. It was really like coming out of COVID that it became like, Mm -hmm. like everyone likes Fred again now, but (laughs) uh it, yeah. I think there was a benefit to coming up when it was like a little bit harder. Like we just had to, you, first of all, you just had to be way better. Yeah, true. Before you got any opportunities. Um, and then I think you like, you gradually built and you had to really build your skills in like tough gig environments, like mm-hmm. playing gigs where like people did not want you to play house yep. <laughs> or techno. And you just had to like you just had to stick to it and like blaze through it or like, or find a way to make it like accessible enough Mm -hmm. or playing gigs where you knew that nobody was going to come, that your friends weren't into it. They didn't like the music, but you still did it even though you're going to play to like an empty room just because you love doing it. And then, you know, powering through that like two or three hours where you're just like, Mm -hmm. I'm just doing this for myself and for the love of the craft. So true. Doing it for yourself. And that's, like, what I was trying to say earlier. Like, that's simply put. Yeah. Because it's got to be you that loves what you're doing. And that's eventually what people love as well, right? Like, fans and other artists and stuff. Like, people that I surround myself with, like, it's pretty easy to tell since we grew up in that pre-cool-to-DJ era. Yeah. You know? And, like, I started DJing, you know, at a Big Ten school, IU, 2014 or something like that. 2013. Yeah. And people thought it was fucking weird. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like, oh, like, that's sick, bro. Like, I bet you quit in six months. Right. And now I am, here I am 10 years later, and those people at weddings are like, I honestly can't believe you're still doing it. But, like, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. I love what I'm doing. I'm, I'm like, pursued that because I genuinely enjoy it. But you go through those steps and, like, roadblocks when people get in your head. For sure. I definitely had the same experience with it. Yeah. yeah. And starting out when people were like, yeah, they just thought it was so weird. <laughs> I don't to know do. another way to put it. They, I know. They yeah. just didn't get it, which automatically means you're weird. Yeah. 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 Which was, yeah, kind of hilarious. Like, I remember, like, playing, yeah, because I started in, like, 2011, started playing frat parties, like, right. at my college. <laughs> That's where the gigs was were. Was not though. a member of the frat. <laughs> and, like, just. You know, playing deep house like outside in the California backyard, which now people would like line up Die around the block for. to do, and God. just like people, just like mad requests mm-hmm, and like you yeah. know, almost just getting very contentious that mm-hmm. we were even like playing this stuff, you know. 
<laughs> and us just sticking to our guns. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's even still happens from time to time. It does, but it yeah. happens way yeah. less now. I mean, it we, it's very rare less. where we're playing someone somewhere and they don't have an understanding of like. Yeah, it did happen kind of recently, but you know. Don't say where. I'm not gonna say where. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a. We'll talk off. It's a humble yeah, reminder. <laughs> a reminder of our humble beginnings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's always important to remember those early days, though. It is, yeah. Yeah. For sure. One, like, I, we've, uh, I've heard, like, some DJs who started recently, they just are, like, um, expecting things to move so quickly for them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Six oh, months how is forever I, to them. Yeah. How am I not on ARC? Or someone recently said to a friend of ours, like, a DJ was like, yeah, I feel like I've kind of, like, maxed out what I can do in Chicago. And I was like... <laughs> You have not. Yeah. (laughs) No, you have not. Yeah, you played like three gigs. Like Derek Carter still lives here. Yeah. And plays here, man. Every Sunday. (laughs) Why don't you try and throw your own party and fucking rent the subwoofers from Guitar Center and have to push the seats in the front up in your Camry so far so you can fit the subs in the back and then carry those up the stairs at a taco place so that you can play house music that I'm (laughs) looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me then, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a while back to back. That was such a chaotic back-to-back. That. Yeah, that That's was. the only back-to-back we've ever played. But that, that was so much fun. That was chaotic. Yeah, there was like way. fucking 22 people there, and yeah. we were like, let's just have fun in these <laughs> and disco we were wigs. So but that's like, <laughs> that was what it was, again, pre-pandemic. That's yeah. what it was. And yeah, you guys had exactly. so much fun with it. Yeah, we did. We didn't get that was a night where we just did it for ourselves. Like neither I didn't have a single thought about how many people were there. No, that, that's and that's the thing too, like because that's what you think should matter is the amount of people it's not it's yeah. like who's there and who came for it and like i had a very uh, humbling experience recently like in milwaukee we played at this gay club right and milwaukee is like not the biggest place for house music in general totally but like the same 40 or 50 people were there the whole time and i kept getting in my head like oh they probably want to hear some certain type of music you know but I never really like went over that I'm selling out or whatever. Yeah. And they kept dancing and enjoying underground shit. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, they're not going to leave. They're there. They're yeah. locked in. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see that person five years later and they're going to bring it up. You know? I love that. That's my favorite thing. The people that come to the shows and say, <laughs> including that weird guy on the rooftop. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the boy. I hope he sees this <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cat tranquilizer. My guy was not cat tranquilizer. <laughs> FYI. Uh, we'll we'll have to explain that as well <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, we'll need to provide context. Yeah, but like we need people like that, and it's easy, especially like I mean, from learning so much about European dance music culture. Yeah. When I went to ADE, that was like it was mind blowing to me. The acceptance, the blind acceptance they have to letting the DJ be themselves and yeah. hear. It's like the culture of requests, you know, yes. like you mentioned, 100%. and like that's almost the status quo. Like I think I saw something on the internet today or yesterday it, it might have been you know fake or whatever it was like one of those uh, judge judy's and it was like they were suing the dj for not taking his request <laughs> like how was that comedy here for god's sake he's like yeah like he repeatedly didn't acknowledge our request and the dj's like what am i doing here yeah. like is this real that's amazing how can that be now there's like i mean it's good because so many people know about djs which is great yeah, yeah. but also like 
we're trying to weed through that like i don't know all the mud to yeah get to, that like, kind of sounds like it could have been like an snl skit it like, should have been it really it was definitely been. on judge judy yeah so i don't that's think like i don't know how real judge lib, judy is like it's not real, but I mean, that's a good. Whoever's producing Judge Judy, they yeah, snapped they on that one. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Judge Judy. That's <laughs> you need another DJ to sue. Yeah. Hit I know. us up. Oh, man. So I want to get in. We're, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I want to just keep leaning into what we're talking about the Chicago culture because there are many reasons that I fuck with you guys and I love you guys as DJs, as people, but your involvement in tastemaking in Chicago before what's been going on the past year for you guys it's always been there right like with the manifest brand and doing these really cool unique parties at the sound bars the smart bars but now we're doing things like pure play at the listening room serum is something that you guys have been pushing the envelope on and right when i saw the serum announcement i go i seamus has got to be behind this abigail's got to be behind this shit like those are some dope bookings so i just want to give you guys kudos first off Thank you. Thank and you. it's awesome to see you guys getting this acknowledgement and recognition from, like, you know, the house calls people who I love so much. Got this yeah. Jacket right people here. are true yeah. family to right? us. Yeah. yeah. We're so, very lucky to know them and work with them. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to get Drew on because I think we'd have, like, a 16-hour conversation. Oh. <laughs> you would That'd be a, good stuff. Yeah, it would be a good one. Yeah. I just want to come listen in yeah. he, to that one. He is so goddamn funny. But yeah. I love him. He's so we passionate. And uh, and and Abby and everybody and and uh, Cody and of course yeah. and Christian so and Blair yeah. like it's just great to see all of us like you know at different timelines yeah now all kind of like hey it doesn't matter how long you've been into this we all share the same level of passion totally you know I agree with that for sure yeah it doesn't really matter like they've done so much in such a short amount of time for the scene exactly yeah exactly I mean gosh with our pure play parties like without us being able to access the listening room for that like i mean our fan base has increased exponentially from that party series and like Mm -hmm. their trust in us and their excitement around that series like yeah it's it's been so wonderful and they've really helped again expand the pie of the local scene in chicago and gotten people there the way that they described it to us is that they want to be kind of this in between of like underground and somewhat commercial music yeah. where they're in river north so somebody who's just open-minded for the weekend could come down and like experience right. underground music in a way that's still like palatable mm-hmm. but yet push the envelope and hopefully from there they'll that person could want to go to like a spy bar set the next weekend or smart yep. bar the next yeah. night and like you know be introduced to more underground stuff so you know, I pour one out for them. They're <laughs> doing God's work out here to like they expand really the scene and get more people interested. Cause yeah, like going from pre pandemic to not playing to many people or like pulling teeth, asking like your mom and dad to come out to like, <laughs> well, your mom's a big fan. Though. Oh, my yeah. mom, you know, <laughs> she she's count. a true fan. <laughs> she she actually fan. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she she's actually you don't have to ask her. She's asking you. <laughs> yeah. She always gets a guest list. Um, <laughs> she, yeah. But now it's like, you know, we're playing to packed clubs almost yep. every single weekend, playing to hundreds and thousands of people. Like, we're so fortunate. It's truly like I I wasn't expecting it. I mean, now it kind of feels like we're I'm just very spoiled. We're very spoiled with it. But, you know. I don't, but you're not spoiled. You guys put in so much hard work and you're talented. And I think good things happen to good people. 
That's how yeah. I see it. And it all like, yeah, it all just layers on top of each other. Like for like the Smart Bar Thursday parties we were doing before COVID. And like, yeah. I mean, was it definitely like a struggle to get people there? But also like mm. we built such a key community and like we're now working with people like Kirk who oh my God, I, love I Kirk. met Kirk because he just came to our Smart Bar Thursdays because he was DJing in the Boys Town scene like Scarlet and stuff. Yeah, and throwing his Charlie Charlie parties. Charlie right? parties, yeah, which yeah, are yeah, still yeah. going on. And like, yeah, he <laughs> so yeah, he was in that Lakeview scene, like DJing there and like started just coming to Smart Bar like after his stuff would close. Cool. To the Thursdays and like got to talking and now like he's one of our biggest collaborators and like is you know the third part of pure play and yeah. we've yeah. been like working on a lot of music with him and he's like really helped he's like executive producing like all of our tracks tracks yeah. so wow um, it yeah. all pays off and it all like builds on yeah. each other and like the relationship we've been able to continue with Smartbar obviously we're not doing those Thursdays anymore but yeah. doing these kind of bigger quarterly shows or whatever and, yeah. Um, yeah you gotta earn your stripes too but then getting like a monthly at, at house calls which is like smaller room totally different but like it's yep. been like i think the monthly party is so awesome like if you yeah. can do something regular and build that yeah. community over time mm -hmm. it's really valuable so yeah. any like young djs or promoters if you get a chance to do something yep that yeah. often it's like the best practice ever best yeah. practice as a dj yep yeah because you're like either warming up the room every time or you're mm -hmm. closing the room every time and like you're and then as a yeah, promoter you always do different set times don't you yeah we, we move try around and switch a lot. it up yeah because like yeah we want kirk to be able to close it out sometimes mm -hmm. and we he's also, a great closer too yeah there's some djs who are just like closers <laughs> yeah no you know? for sure definitely he goes out with a bang and he's but a good one also for pure play we love giving new locals in the scene a shot to mm -hmm. like open those parties and kind of bring these yeah young ones under our wing and yeah. kind of like give them a shot so it's been yeah really rewarding to like just see them kind of grow in their career and give them the chance to like play a room like that because mm -hmm. especially the listening room it's one of those places that fills up pretty quickly in yeah, the beginning of the night and because it's a smaller venue even if there's like 50 people there it feels like a really good dance floor so yeah it's awesome to be able to give these djs who haven't some of them hadn't even played a single gig in chicago yet and like just giving That's them amazing. a chance to do yeah. it it's like i wish i had that <laughs> this is well we can give it now we can give yeah that we to can people. give that's people. what right. you do with privilege you know yep that's what you do with privilege. You you actually kind of answer my next question is like, what's an unforeseen win? And it sounds like how just fulfilling it's been giving those opportunities to people that are genuine about it, right? And yeah. And that do show up, yeah. the Kirks of the world, right? Right, totally. Yeah, yeah we've got um, this guy Tito. He DJs as T.T.O. Who, yeah, he's on the next one, right? He's yeah. on the next one. Yeah. He's played with us a couple times, and he just worked with Abigail at one of her old jobs. He's a producer cool. at this agency Abigail used to work at and they met through that and like started talking music and like turns out he's just an unreal he's great he's a great DJ great oh, curator shit. of music and really stuff really good and selector yeah yeah and it's really fun to watch him play and um yeah that was just one of those like by coincidence like the coworker who's into raving and then you're <laughs> yeah. like wait a yeah. second oh, you become best friends. <laughs> yeah. but to be able to give them a chance to play like like again like we totally didn't have when we were just because the infrastructure didn't really yeah. exist yeah. as much and there weren't as many spaces right. i mean 
there wasn't a listening room, right? There wasn't a no. a club with that capacity because that capacity offers you the opportunity to take more risks on like smaller yep. And a lot of the smaller venues that were smaller than Spark Bar, like Danny's and stuff, they had like their yeah. residents and they didn't really like invite you know newcomers into that which you know is fine they had what was working for them but yeah there wasn't a lot of like opportunity out there now Mm -hmm. there is yeah and i think like the other thing that's like been really fulfilling is just watching our like artistic vision in terms of like our creative behind our brand be like really widely accepted Mm -hmm. and really celebrated because we worked really hard on that and we kind of like (laughs) we were driving it for a really long time and like it finally stuck and I think it was a lot of the work that we were doing with our underground series Etra Law um, where people kind of like caught on to it and yeah, were like this is really cool and we were able to incorporate the other artistic mediums that we love besides music into yeah. that space and yeah. do it really intentionally and the payoff was just really insane on that one that's amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah now you guys are doing the next thing yeah. yeah. Keep it pushing. We just love launching brands. Whenever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get done with the brand. I feel like our brains are like just filing cabinets full of brand identities. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, like for this club, okay, let's do that one and mm-hmm. then that one. And now they're, that's how Serum came about. And yeah, it's like, let's just, like, I don't know. I see the New York scene. I see like Berlin yep. all over Europe. Like, yep the art direction of the flyers super cool the club names are really cool the party series it's very inventive it's very creative it's really cutting edge and yeah i want our shit to be on that level and like be in competition with that stuff and what's going on over there because i don't want like chicago to just be this very like oh it's a commercial place even though it's like it's where dance like house music came from like sometimes it can feel a little bit commercial and like that's what i was saying earlier yeah and it can get relegated to being like not a good scene or whatever like certainly uh, especially like yeah i mean i i definitely talk to people who are like there's nothing going on here and i'm like that's so far from true yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah it might have been maybe used to be true for a few years but like yeah. it's definitely not true now no it's definitely not i think yeah in places like europe especially and even like south america and stuff like it's it's known about but it's easier to hear about whereas chicago is more exclusive and now it's becoming a lot more inclusive which takes time yeah and the and the local scene here is reset which big time which is great right like a yeah. lot a lot of people for better or for worse couldn't make it through the pandemic and, and financially or whatever right, right. Yeah. which i i feel for you know it but because we were able to get a reset here the people that still remain you know like like us right like yeah my biggest passion is giving back to the scene in chicago in every single way that i possibly can through events through opportunities through culture through food through drink through podcasting like because that it's given back to me here Totally. You know, like the more I give, the more I get. And I'm like, Jesus, all right, I want to keep giving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. I feel like, yeah, we've experienced a lot of that too, which is a virtuous, virtuous cycle. Very virtuous. Yeah. What can you tell me about Serum though? And we can talk about it real quick because I know it's, I mean, it's been very successful so far, by the way. Anyone who's gone to that has told me that like it feels like it's not prism musically yeah. like visually and I, I don't know how you guys did that because i've been to prison many times right and it's just like as a local 
I don't always feel the need to go to a place that kind of feels the same regardless of the act because I've seen so many of the same totally acts, right know, right it's something against the venue or or Oris or anything like that but you've kind of rebranded it with yeah. it being the same room yeah how the fuck did you do that um well it was something they came to us to ask mm-hmm. to do um and it was actually so fun- funny enough the person who brought it up to me was Alan Brandt who works for Oris but yeah. lives in Poland and the reason that I know Alan is because of Smart Bar Thursdays because Alan always used to come Whoa. to the Smart Bar Thursdays and he was always like oh man this is so cool like with the installations and like we just hit it off I mean he's got great taste Alan's yeah. one of the good ones and like um, yeah so he br- kind of brought us in to do this project uh, and they were that was essentially the ask it was like how do we make Prism yeah. not feel like Prism anymore yeah, I mean, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. like in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah, we, and I I give a lot of credit to Oris for like buying in on it and like yeah. uh, everyone yeah, I mean, worked they, with they there get is great. It. Like look at fucking Ark. Yeah. yeah no, they totally got it. And yeah. Nick uh was very down to make changes to make the room better. And honestly the whole staff at Prism was really down to do it. Like mm-hmm. the security the, the waiters, the servers, the bartenders, yeah. the production people. Because they've all loved house this whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they have. I mean, like, even just last uh, last week when we had Enrico San Giuliano, like, one of the servers was like, oh, my God, like, we have needed this music in this room for so long. And the room's bones are really good. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'll say. Like, basically, Prism is at the advantage that it's a 1,000 person capacity venue so artists that are big enough to sell out a place like spy bar or smart bar Mm -hmm. which are like four or five hundred capacity venues um now they have a place where their music is like identifiable to this party series and this brand and they can sell more tickets and like make it a bigger party and make it more special maybe they wouldn't sell out through my caller radius so it's kind of like that perfect sweet spot in between Mm -hmm. um so yeah the bones of it are great it was you know obviously pretty commercial and even on saturdays it's like back to somewhat more commercial programming but they really wanted a place for yeah underground dance music for artists that were like of a tier that they could potentially sell like a thousand tickets to a show yeah and so yeah we were able to like you know chop it up on the brand identity come up with a really cool name work with this amazing graphic design brand identity studio yeah to like get the flyers to where they are now and get all the visuals to where they are now and then so make put a lot of like love and just like money into uh, yeah, I mean, yeah gotta spend space. money to make money yeah, yeah no totally that, yeah redoing all the lighting and like yeah. adding that second screen above yeah, yeah. that was really and we pitched really all of move. that like we created like a fucking 70 page deck of creative ideas it included interior exterior installation Holy which shit. we might still be able to do like an yeah. outdoor installation um, it's still evolving like we're not yeah. done we're, yeah. how, many, done. how many shows have there been now uh I think Eight, ten. ten, 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 and you've booked. Who are some of the artists that you booked? You just we mentioned Enrico. Muda Bear was recently. Muda Bear was recently. Uh, Danny Days, Chloe Kaye, Cryptogram. Oh my God, how's Igor doing? I missed that guy. He's great. He's that was great. our first one. Was Cryptogram? Yeah, it was us. So, with where's he Cryptogram. been? He's been he fucking making it. bangers. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, starting yeah. a label too. Cryptone. Yeah, so he's been really focused on that. I knew yeah. he wasn't. I knew he was doing something. And he's working on. I, well, actually, I should. I know he's working on an album. 
and I think he has some other stuff cooking. I don't know if yeah, I can we, share. We'll let him announce it all. Yeah. When he's ready. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he was the first one. And there's also, so one of the cool things about Serum is like, it's not, there's a lot of bookings that we wouldn't do as Manifest. Yes. Definitely. So we've been able to do stuff that like we wouldn't do as Manifest. Like, I, I mean, Enrico probably wouldn't be a Manifest booking. Yeah. Big, um, yeah. yeah. Kyle. Walker. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. wouldn't be a manifest booking, but he yeah. was actually great. Uh, I mean, they've all been they've all been really good. So there's been yeah. stuff like Lee Burridge, like just yeah. stuff that isn't in our wheelhouse to yeah. do. Right. Chloe and Danny definitely is like a manifest type show, For sure. I'd say. Um, but it's been nice to just be able to kind of like creative direct and not like our manifest is our whole identity is invested in that. Serum is a little bit more like we've just been able to like kind of creative direct. Yeah, for sure. But then yeah. explore so. these other types of music that I like appreciate and think are good, but just yeah. like wouldn't personally. So how in the weeds are you with like the booking process and shit like that? Are you just recommending? Cause that's a whole nother It's collaborative. Thing. It's like yeah, collaborative yeah. with John Curley and Garrett. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother world, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So yeah, we'll like it make is. our Dealing creative with the agents and managers. Yeah. 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 They got a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. But, but you then, get, you've been able to witness it at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We will get to like help uh, put on a lot of locals in the scene. Oh, my that's God. The other that's been my amazing. favorite part. Like, yeah. it's, it's one thing to have an eye for, uh, I don't know how to say it, mainstream underground, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Right. But it's another thing to see you guys booking the best possible openers we're, like what what I'm getting at here with this whole serum thing, it's not about selling it out, right? Like, right. Sometimes spy bar and sound bar, it's like we need to get as many people here as we can because like that's how they make money, right? But like you guys are building a culture with Prism, with Serum, right? Like the actual branding and stuff. Where, yeah. Like, a lot of people can come if five six hundred people are there, but it could sell out at a thousand. That's still a big win. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah. people yeah. have room to dance. They're gonna keep coming back. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like. What's cool is that Prism has like the mezzanine level, the upper level, yeah. the balcony. Oh, they and, open like, that too. So sometimes we'll have it open. Yeah. Sometimes if we anticipate it being, uh, I don't know, smaller night, right. we'll keep it closed, and that way the dance floor still feels really full and yeah. people are having a great time. Just like we like, you know, herd the cats all together. But on the nights that it is open, like then you just get you know the very expansive space and. Mm-hmm that's really magical to see as well and oh gosh. um exactly and a lot of locals in the scene like don't always get the chance to play a room that big and so mm-hmm. yeah being able to like play on a stage like that with a system like that and the visuals behind you you can gr- get great content and just like feel kind of like really powerful as an artist up there and like yeah it's it's exciting to see yeah it's, exci- it's exciting we put tito as a fan. up there yeah. yeah baby yeah elizabeth de la piedra was open for enrico which was really cool to see then we have this show with prospa oh uh, dude and you need i know how much you guys love prospa and, and i'm yeah. obsessed with yeah prospa me, too. yeah i was like <sighs> and then we put go. like ariel zatina on there yeah. and kirk and unique and it's like jersey club and stuff and like <laughs> so we're getting like out there with Let's it sometimes yeah. and i mean yeah we love like the left field weird shit so like we're super about that and get really excited for those kinds of bookings but like the big room stuff is also just like really Mm -hmm. really fun too so Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of genre agnostic but that's kind of like the magic of it it's kind of like serum is the takeover of prism so 
I don't yes. know if you're familiar with yeah, Rhonda in LA. Rhonda. So there's a party series called Rhonda or a club called Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the name of the club in LA that they take over, but it's kind of a more commercial, like bottle service club. Okay. And then when Rhonda, when it's the party Rhonda, and oh. it's just like, we're going to Rhonda. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah, people are kind of like, oh, like you're going to Serum, but you're just going to Prism. It's like Serum is the takeover of yes. Prism in the same way that like Club Rhonda takes over this I like, like that perspective. LA venue. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like totally different vibe. And yeah, it's going to change and there's going to be more to it. And mm-hmm. so the evolution will be exciting to watch and more ideas will come flowing. And yeah, <sighs> we're just making the scene like, I again, it, expanding the pie. Like, yeah. making it more accessible and equitable for everyone's welcome all people. Though. That's like, yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge message. And that's like something I know people have had experiences of prism in the past with like the dress code which we killed and um yep. we yeah. just got a new door host cat who's nice. gonna be like welcoming just she'll be there for every serum and she's gonna be like someone you can kind of get to know at the door and like oh my god yeah just more opportunities and like you know it's smart that, that's a huge factor now it's another friday night opportunity to see some good more like yep. underground dance music and that wasn't an option before like that yeah. it was one less club doing that before this so yep yeah, it's been a good opportunity. Love it, guys. A lot of work. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. And that concludes my they're driving the scene forward <laughs> portion. <laughs> now on to the main event, why we're here today. I started with saying how long I've known you guys and your history on the podcasts and stuff, but this is this is incredible timing because your new collaboration project, Hot Pretty, has gone live, announced last week, and clearly everyone's as excited about it as me, which I was like, let's go! <laughs> but you. this has been years in the making, and you guys have been doing back-to-back sets, and, and even still individually, you know, you guys have, have a lot of influence on each other. Yeah. yeah. What did it take for you to finally get to this point and say, okay, we're ready to do this? Uh, I think that a lot of people told us we should do it <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely yeah. a lot of, like, not, like, feedback that that would be cool to do and then i think that was we got to a point where it didn't really feel like a b2b was an accurate description for what yeah, we were doing you guys definitely like you joined yeah energies. we're very much like one act when yeah. we play together mm-hmm. um yeah so it's a it duo was, more than yeah, it is a back to back of a duo yeah and it became like less convenient to put like Zooey Glass back to back, Abigail Groman yeah, nice on and every long. single yeah. flyer. <laughs> yeah. And then, especially on like festival lineup announcements, stuff like that, it's just like too wordy. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. hard to message too. Like, if, if we come off stage and someone's like, oh, you guys were great, it's like, I got to set up three Instagrams for them to like follow <laughs> and like. <laughs> there was definitely some practical considerations. Yeah, I like in that. There. Okay, yeah. So practically, yeah. it made a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's the right time for it, and yeah, we're just addicted to new brand identities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah another, another one. Brand identity. Another one that you guys are just fully creating. Yeah, it's it so exciting. It was exciting. It was a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, organically growing like a new brand. Um, yeah that you know ties us together it's definitely a little intimidating but yeah the response has been really positive and I feel yeah really excited about it and like to be able to release new music under that name Mm -hmm. which we have quite a few many tracks coming out 
hopefully you know knock on wood on some label releases and Mm -hmm. good things like that and then yeah we're just gonna like see how far we can take it basically amazing where did the name come from (laughs) um hot pretty is the way that you feel on the dance floor when we play for you yeah yeah that is exactly how i feel yeah make you yeah glow up on the dance floor yeah because i was like i don't think it's you're not describing yourself. I knew it wasn't that. No, totally. If People you would will like to use those adjectives to describe <laughs> us, by all means. But <laughs> well, it depends on the song you're playing. Because sometimes, you know, James could be a little hot, or he could be a little pretty, and vice versa. I'd be like, ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, like when I play Ratata by Skrillex, that's when I'm oh. like my. That that brought me into the hot pretty. That's hot. That's not pretty. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, that's not pretty. Even Zoe's like, yeah, that's hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's hot. That's hot. Yeah, no, it's not to describe us. I know that people are going to think that that's what it is, but it's not. It's whatever you want it to be. It's also just really rolls off the tongue. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks cool uh, written out. So sometimes the name is just. I love it. So are you guys going to still perform individually under your own aliases? Yes. Yeah, we intend to keep those both alive. I mean, obviously, Abigail's like her name, <laughs> like her legal government name. <laughs> yeah, so there's yeah, no yeah. killing off yeah. Abigail Groman. But yeah, we definitely want to keep our, like, obvi- Zooey Glass is like something I'm still going to do. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll play individual sets. I mean, when the opportunity arises. But I think, like, we're both pretty focused on, like, this project right now of, like, Hot Pretty and, like, putting our. Our yeah. eggs in this basket. For sure. To push it forward. Yeah. Well, that was was on the arc lineup. So, you know, I yeah. imagine that's like, you know, what you guys are focused on right now. Right? Yeah. 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 And that was that was definitely like something that the folks at Oris were like encouraging us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I, I got a shout out to Zeka too. She's been like a really good. Oh, yeah. Sounding board for us. And cool. she's she's offered yeah. us a lot of guidance and help and like support, which has been re- like really meaningful. And she was also, like, very, like, not adamant, but she just, like, really encouraged us to do this and was, like, thought that it would be, like, a good move and helpful. So she definitely helped us push over the edge to just do it. Yep. So we've been talking about yeah. it for, like, a year. Yeah. And we admire what she's done with her career so much. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, major props. We're very in awe of her. And, like, yeah, we take what she says very <laughs> seriously <laughs> and value yeah. her feedback. So, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, Zeka and John Curley are good people to <laughs> listen to. I think to. so. Yeah, they've they've been in the game. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. they've had their successes and they've had their failures too. Yeah, you know? which, which is how you get to successes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You. This is a Michael Jordan quote, bro. You know, it's it's not about how a champion acts when he wins. It's how he reacts after he loses. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. That's really good. I yeah. like that. Thanks, MJ. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're watching or listening. Two, three, listen to every Please episode. subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on that, guys. I know he's been trying to get on the pod, but it's hard. Yeah, I mean, you I'm guys busy, got you know, a, yeah, you know, I think he lives over the United Center's over there. We can see it here, and I'm like, oh, man. You he know. wasn't there for the 2018 pod. He doesn't get to jump us no, for the 2023 pod. Yeah. You had to be there. Sorry, MJ. You had to be there early. <laughs> you had to be there, man. Yeah. <laughs> You had to buy the, the Sherm stock Literally, early. as there's a giant picture of me wearing a Michael Jordan jersey behind yeah, me. Yeah, right <laughs> above both of our heads. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> we'll get to him. Oh, man. Okay, Abby, you just mentioned the production 
mm-hmm. process, right? You guys have released some music, Electric Pedal, an amazing song that I love so much. Scorpio mm-hmm. Moon, You ha- this isn't your first time producing, but what can we expect from like a sonic identity perspective? Because I know from just knowing you guys that obviously Seamus is the one who taught you how to DJ and got you more into music, but you have a really good ear. So I want to know about how you've been acting in the studio and I'd love to have his like, maybe surprise about your influence um gosh yeah i think so scorpio moon and electric pedal are like they were very pretty songs they were they were they were pretty songs but they weren't like rave ready tracks they weren't like no dance floor tracks For and sure. i think my style especially post pandemic i kind of graduated from this like place that was a little bit more melodic a little bit more like inner visions leaning to like a lot harder techno and then like clubby stuff mm-hmm. and break stuff and like faster stuff. Right. And so, yeah, that definitely has influenced me and my production style and the influences that I've taken are like, I know I'm super into like Effie, for example, mm-hmm. is like one of my, I don't know, idols of producing right now. Um, not to say I'm copying her, but <laughs> you know, we all have <laughs> That's our okay. influences. Yeah. Hey, um, nothing is original. Uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, we're finally making music that I think really like speaks to who we are as artists. When we made those two tracks before the pandemic, we were really excited about them and they were beautiful and I think very well produced, but I don't think they really spoke to like who we were as artists even at that time, but it was just kind of like a challenge to prove to ourselves that we could do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of them. And like, when I go back and listen, I'm like, wow, like we made that. That was really cool. But yeah, this stuff is much more like for the DJs, for the dance floor, for the dark, sweaty clubs. Um, yeah. I think I think people are going to really like them. Yeah, I think the goal with going into the Hot Pretty Music was to distill the way we sound when we're DJing into tracks. Mm-hmm. So that's been the guiding force. And like bringing in Kirk was really helpful with that because – yeah. Um, He's almost, like his role is like truly the role of like a, a producer on like a record where like he's helping kind of like keep everything to that sound and like translate the DJing sound. And like Kirk really understands us as DJs because we all yeah. DJ together so much. I right. would also like put him up pound for pound against like any other DJ in Chicago. Like I just think he's that good. Yeah. So he gets it and he was he's been really able to like help us translate what what our DJ sets sound like into tracks. But yeah, yeah, with Abigail, like in the studio, it's all, I'm very like, I always defer to like her creative instincts because yeah. they're yeah, very that's flawless. Kind of, that's what I, was I can be a little, sure. uh, I think I can be a little bit of a bully in the studio. Ooh. I'm the studio bully. I don't know. We would have to get <laughs> studio bully. I've heard that one before. We'd have I like to get that. Yeah, me and Kirk will work on something for like 20 minutes and then like play it for her. And she's like, and I'll no. be like silent the whole time, just like listening. And I'll be like going and going and going, like trying to dial it in. And then I'll yeah. just be like, no, it's not good. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It needs to actually be this other thing. But you know, I think I have good taste. I always you listen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I always defer. Um, no, but I love how collaborative it is. And I yeah. obviously couldn't do it alone. And yeah, Kirk's been really like our producing shaman. And it's been really fun to just like sit next to him, like have the push in front of us and like be able to like jam out on it and then be like, okay, like I love this. Now, like let's make it sound like the next thing. Yeah. And he'll be able to like really dial it in for us and like get us to the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And shout out Kirk. You two have a lot of melodic ideas too. 
Yeah. And I think I spend more like time on drums. Yeah, stuff. he's much more percussive. Um, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I like the melodic stuff. I like, yeah, the sound effects. Um, I've recorded quite a few vocals, most of them really cringe. But um, <laughs> that Kirk, I know it's tough. Kirk will just like we'll sit down and like read through books or just like converse. And when we come across like a phrase or a word or like some theme, he'll like just write it down and then he'll send it to me over a text. And I'll go into the bathroom and put like a blanket over my head and do it in a voice note but I like make him listen to music because like I can tell he can hear that self-conscious about it I'm so so self-conscious about it even though I know he's gonna hear it yeah 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 yeah. knowing from the other room that he can hear me just like talking and like trying to sound like like I have like an ASMR voice or something um so yeah I'll make him like put his airpods in and like listen to music or something while I do it and then I'll just go take after take after take and so yeah you'll hear like some of me like doing my little sultry voice on some of the tracks but it sounds sick and I'm super excited about it Yeah, yeah definitely yeah and like I said yeah like they are really good and like arrangement I think has been like super collaborative between the three of us that's probably the thing that's like the most like mm-hmm. everyone is throwing ideas out but yeah melodically like just because she comes from like a piano background like they yeah. she's really strong with yeah, that, I, remember and that. I spend more time like yeah i mean i was drumming as a kid and i that's just like when i was producing early on when i started djing i produced a lot more mm-hmm. and it was always like the drums for me that i for sure spent even when on. we like play out it's like he's always manipulating the drums like whether it's using this slip effect or the Mm -hmm. echo or the rmx like adding snare rolls or whatever like that is (laughs) totally his special touch yeah and i'm pretty good on that rmx drum pad i bet you are i kind of just like stand back and like let him do it and and you know he goes crazy on it yeah it's fun i mean there's so much to be said about being a dj before being a producer I agree. Or at like, oh, yeah. or even, you know, a level above that, being an expert DJ and then becoming a producer, like, you really have a good ear for it. You know exactly how a song needs to be structured. You can do multiple genres because you, you've mixed so many genres yeah. together. Yeah. I think I, I'm like you in that guy, in that sense, where <clears throat> I, I like love producing music, but mm-hmm. I, I just was so much more into DJing at first. Totally. And that's where I got like, that's where I got my high off music, oh, you yeah. know, getting my hands on that shit. And then when you produce, it's like, oh, this, this doesn't sound good. This is sad. Yeah. yeah. And it takes a long time, and you need help from the Kirks of the world. No, I'm so you glad do. we did it this way. We're like, especially I think the pandemic was such a transformative time mm. for me, like, especially because my whole style of mixing changed the whole way I approached playing out live changed, and my music preferences changed. Yeah. And yeah i don't think we could have been making or i could have been making the music that we are if i had done it in reverse Mm -hmm. like my djing is so informing Mm -hmm. the way we're producing and like obviously that's not the way it is with you know everyone some people the you put the corp the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart yeah did i say that right um (laughs) but yeah there's no like right or wrong way to do it but that's just like what has helped me yeah definitely yeah, and the tracks we're making are very focused on the club and the dance floor and, like, being DJ mm-hmm. tools. Like, we're never really interested in whether it's, like, 
I mean, sure, if you want to listen to it while you're going on a run or something, but like, we're not really. This isn't a Spotify editorial hit. No, we're not targeting yeah, that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, when we actually, that's been a really cool part of the serum thing too, is we've been able to like get into mm-hmm. uh, Prism on Fridays and like listen to our tracks on the system, and that's yeah. been really helpful. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I get it on the function ones. <sighs> yeah. And then we'll be like, we'll Garrett, bring- what do you think? <laughs> 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 and then sometimes Kirk will come with us and like, we'll just stand on the dance floor and like hear it. And we'll just yeah. be like, taking mental notes of like, oh, okay, like this needs to change or this needs to change. And yeah, we're super lucky to be able to do that though. I have an amazing mix and master guy for you if you're interested. Oh, just to I do, am. He'll do a free trial for you. And really? This guy masters every single Hood Politics track, every single one of my tracks. He can do fucking anything. He's local. He's the man. Oh, connect us. That'd be great. Yeah, Absolutely. please. Yeah, he's sick. And there's something that's so interesting about that too when like you test it out and when you when you play it on your computer yeah, and through your speakers, <laughs> through your headphones – and then through a car and then through a, su- a sound system, it's like, oh, I hear this, I hear that. And you want to get it perfect, especially for what you guys are going for. Yeah. Needs you to do. fucking sound yeah. good live. Especially the car is really helpful. Got to do the car. Car test yeah. is crucial. Car test, crucial. Yeah. I think the, the like, final boss of testing will be... <laughs> the old AirPods? They, no, what they sound like when we play ARC. Oh yeah, that is. We're gonna have to. Dude, that's Bowser for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Final boss. Yes. (laughs) Well said. Yeah. It's been a nice part of pure play too. Is like we can test run tracks in there. Sometimes they're like fan reactions. Sometimes they're like sixty percent finished, and we'll be like, let's just throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. See how the crowd responds to it, and yeah. That's it's a little nerve wracking sometimes. Oh right? yeah, it is. Oh. If you, they start... you load it up and you're like, oh, I loaded it. Here we go. I can really do this. Yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> but that's how amazing is that when you do play it and you took that chance and people enjoy it. Yeah. You realize you're you were just in your own head about it. Totally. Yeah. And we play some weird shit. Like I play other people's tracks where I'm like, if we had made this, we would be like, throw this out. <laughs> that is. We're such so a good hard point. on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As artists, we're all so hard on ourselves. I know you're this way too. I'm it's very like hard on it's a very self-critical field to go into. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm in like uh, advertising for my day job, and like yeah. the creatives in advertising aren't like, man, that commercial I did sucked. Like they're not like beating themselves up. Like <laughs> we beat ourselves up about everything. It's like so unhealthy, actually. Yeah, I know. And then yeah, I'll down we'll download something, and I'm like, I swear to God, if we made this, we would say it was just bad. It's the it's the American culture. You're never yeah. good enough. Right. Yeah. It's never totally. good enough. That's it's the ego in your head. I read the Avicii book actually. Yeah. And he the, He talks about that, right? Ego isn't thinking that I'm I'm better than everyone else. It's thinking that you're never good enough. It's the voice in your head that says, well, I can't believe you're even celebrating that success. What's next? Or yeah. oh, you know, that was good, that wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like fuck, dude. Like my ego's in my. I, you're you're in your own way, and an ego can be a good thing to a certain extent because you got to hold yourself accountable. But it can be really hard to change the thinking permanently, right? On music production specifically because it's an art, so it's subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now you guys are launching a brand where you are going to be subjected to opinion. But because you guys are so passionate about it and believe in yourself, then it won't really matter. Hopefully, you know, 
So. And there's people like there are people who are going to be impacted by what you're doing and who it means Even a lot to them. Person, it resonates with them. One yeah, person. literally, if one person says that they like our tracks or likes my set or whatever, yeah. like that, I'm I'm happy as a clam with that. I yep. know that they're gonna be, be people who just don't like our music. Or what about the, the cat ketamine guy? What if he doesn't like your music? Oh, he's gonna love it. <laughs> I will honestly he's be gonna so love it. <laughs> I'm gonna quit DJing if he doesn't. I'm gonna quit like too. It. Yeah. What would it been? What would it take for you to quit DJing? Outside of being canceled, obviously. I don't think I would. I don't think there's anything. There's nothing that, that could stop you. That's the I right almost answer. I almost quit. Really? Yeah. When? Um. Oh my god, is this my emotional sensitive time? This is your time. Yeah. Vulnerable time. Vulnerable time. Let's get vulnerable. Um. Right after the pandemic ended, or like the restrictions eased up, and live yeah. shows could start up again um i started getting booked a lot and bigger shows than i had ever played before and i obviously i'd been gigging for about a year and a half before the pandemic and then the pandemic was about a year and a half of like no shows so i had like gigged Mm -hmm. for just as long as then i had to stop gigging because of the pandemic and everything i mean I was very strict in the pandemic with my like restrictions yeah. or like what I was comfortable doing because I had two immediate family members working in COVID ICU. So I like saw More and heard fair. about like the the roughness of it and how serious it was. So we were very careful. Um, and then, yeah, things just like switched. And all of a sudden it was like, we're back. And yeah. like these shows are bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just couldn't handle I couldn't handle it. The anxiety that I had around performing and playing for that many people, even if it was just like an opening set, like it started to like really cripple me. I had like such bad performance anxiety where I like the day of a gig, like I would be sick. Like I wouldn't sleep the night before. Like I would just be so rattled with anxiety of like messing up or like not playing the right thing or I don't know, embarrassing myself in some way that I literally like almost quit and yeah it sucked it really sucked I was able to get through it and like process it and now I've like approached my like live performance in like a totally different way which is a little bit like non-traditional but every show is just so important to me whether I'm playing like five people or 2,500 people like every show is just so important to me yeah. <laughs> and I want it to be like flawless every time which I know like there's no such thing as like true perfection but like yeah. I hold myself to a standard and that's why like people I think react to our music so well is because we always try and like put on the best show possible and the thought of not being able to achieve that and not feeling prepared enough to achieve that was just like yeah it wear wore me down and yeah I like had to like decline a few gigs and like kind of reassess like where I was at and then yeah I was able to like get through it and like now we're back and now yeah. we're good but yeah I almost quit and I'm glad I didn't I'm really glad I didn't but you thanks know thanks for sharing that I was like you're not fucking quitting oh and it was <laughs> <laughs> I practiced he, some tough love. Yeah, the amount that he would get so frustrated, <laughs> but lovingly, lovingly yeah, supportive and encouraging. Partner, yeah. But yeah, I think the hardest one was like, um, I opened Sir Mac Hall by myself. Um, oh my God, for Peggy? 
No, this wasn't for Peggy. This was actually for, I opened for Panpod and Ellen Alien, which was kind of an interesting booking for me because they're like really hard yeah. techno DJs and I don't play that hard. Um, right. So I think that one was a little bit like, first of all, like, oh, I'm not sure if this is like the right booking for me, but yeah. like I took it and then, yeah, it was probably like my third gig since the pandemic restrictions eased and obviously playing to a room that big I just like wasn't practiced at that and I wasn't like used to playing on a system that that big and like you know it was just like really intimidating and stimulation yeah Yeah. I was (laughs) I was sick over it I was literally sick over it and I it was like literally up until like we drove into the parking lot of Sir Mac Hall and Radius and I was like I don't think I can even go in but then I did it and like my preparation and my practice of my set that I had like pre-planned and Mm. like really mastered like it all paid off and like it it was like very much a triumphant moment to like walk off from that and then have like pan pot come and like say that they liked my set and like you know whatever but they were nice guys um yeah be proud of yourself I am you know like and I've seen like I have so much like heart for the live act and I know it means so much to me and when I see other DJs struggle like there was one set where another girl was playing after me and she was closing the night and she was struggling like significantly and visibly and yeah yeah, like she was vocally and like yeah she was like having a full-on panic attack oh man and I suffer from like really intense anxiety and panic attacks myself so I like fully knew what she was going through in that moment and like you know I just want to be like an advocate for that stuff because it is like regardless of if you're playing to like again an empty room or five people or like however many people like you go through what you go through and it's sometimes you just have hard nights or hard months or hard six months and like you know it's we have to be kind to one another and kind to ourselves and like honor where we're at. But yeah, the, it's kind of like just get back on the horse and like mm-hmm. do what you need to do to get back on the horse. And like I've found what I need to do to be able to like walk into a club, whether it's Smart Bar or like opening for Peggy Goo or whatever it is yeah. and feel like I've got this. Yep. So now that I'm at that place, even though it takes a lot of preparation on the front end for me to be able to do that, like. I'm so happy that I can and just feel really good where I'm like, I'm so ready for this. And then I can just transcend yep. in that experience and in that moment and really just enjoy it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. It's, it's funny because for so many people, uh, music is their language, whether it's DJing or producing or, yep. or writing it or whatever. Right. And then we unfortunately are in the music business where is yes, a business, is. right? And there, and you have to perform if you want to make money or make this your career, and it can be a lot. Yeah. And, oh, my God, sometimes, like, before you go on, like, all you need is just, like, that five minutes of silence and you just can't get it. You can never get it. You the other thing it. is it's not just – I would say, like, it's a business, which is tough, but it's also a scene, which is tough because every oh. move you make has, True like, second order – considerations you have to make and you can just ruin yourself and like put yourself in a really bad position by just like you can just get so caught up Mm -hmm. in like the scene part of it and like worrying about what 
people are gonna. I mean, the who's who of backstage. Yeah, and like, yeah. what or are like, people gonna think about us doing this thing? And are you too mainstream for the underground, or are you too underground for the mainstream? And like all these like the politics of it are sceny politics. Yeah, yeah which yeah. truly, I've I have like I think like we're always sensitive to them but i think i've also recently been just like really like fuck it like i'm sensitive to it too for yeah. sure yeah because like for us doing like stuff at prism was like like doing serum was like a huge question of like is this gonna ruin our mm-hmm. street cred or something but also <laughs> if someone yeah. is like coming to you with an opportunity to take a venue that has traditionally been like not aligned with the ethos of yeah. dance music and align it closer to the ethos of dance music and give people the chance to see great artists in Chicago who would not be coming otherwise or yep. play with artists that they would never have the chance to play with. It's like, don't hold back that contribution yeah. because you're worried about like what people are going to think of, of you, you know? Yeah. A lot of times no one is actually thinking of you. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. thinking of you. I don't know though. Maybe they I, are. I don't I, know. That's what I tell myself. I go, no one's thinking about that. And I'm like, I think, I, I, my yeah. ego is like, no, they are thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. I think they are. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Certain people are. I think some people are. I think. The fans yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The regular the dancers are, are not. The, the people that matter. The other DJs yeah. and the other promoters yeah. are. Oh, definitely yeah, the other, the other DJs, DJs, for sure. But then when you crush it, they're like on board. Yeah. 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 Or when they come and have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. You can sway them. I think for me also, like, and not like gender politics or whatever into it but like being a woman and I know that this is like a conversation that's like regularly had but yeah um I think for my experience as like a female DJ um mm-hmm. in the scene like I I feel a lot of pressure I think to you do. always stay cutting edge and stay again at the highest level of performance all the time because I have an aesthetic and I have a look and I know that if I did the wrong thing or if I started to train wreck or whatever, how many people, how many specifically straight white male DJs would say something along the lines of, oh, it's just because she's like, she looks the way that she does. Saw that coming or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Like the pressure is so on and that's. That's real. And I just want to be like literally fuck you guys like i'm so much better than dude, you dude i feel you danny deal said this to me she goes i don't like being called a female dj i'm just a dj right yeah like, i'm an yeah. artist like i'm not a female artist <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah right. like yeah. i'm a person you know right yeah but like it's it's so interesting how hypercritical um people are of like female female djs brands whether it's on social media or just a way that they dress if they're aligned with like I don't know, having a lot of Instagram followers or like being super into fashion and the way that they present themselves. Like we were with a DJ that like we really respect and he was basically like saying kind of like negative things about how like, oh, it's so sad that Peggy feels like she has to have this like brand. It's all about the brand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think that Peggy is one of the most talented DJs in the world. Like regardless of her brand, like she is so good she is so on point oh my god and also why why does it have to be either or like you're a good dj or you're like into fashion or you're into whatever it's (laughs) like we can all embrace and express our like 
the variety of who we are and our different interests. And I also think that it's also kind of just like misogynistic to be like, oh, if like women express themselves in their like truest form, whether they are super femme or not, like it's still a way to like put women down and cast them in a role that they don't deserve to be in because everyone's complex. Like it would be like, I don't know, these these DJs or these people who like criticize like would you go to like David Bowie and be like hey man like focus on the music <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, totally. that's such a good that's so good wow so that was true. beautifully put yeah yeah like you just wouldn't do that you no know? man I wish Bowie would just focus more on the music or like, yeah man or like, what's man, with all this other Prince, bullshit like, yeah Prince with the jackets just yeah, focus on, on just play guitar man. bro sing stop. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. <laughs> I mean, I get very like, I speak passionately about it because obviously like fashion and beauty is like my other great love. I'm just like a person of aesthetics. Yeah. So the way that I can like blend all of the mediums of art that I love together, that brings me so much self-actualization and mm-hmm. whether people like the way I look or the way I dress or they don't like, I don't give a fuck. Like it's, it's all yeah, a choice. Yeah. Like even if you're like trying to go really like, I rumpled and I don't care. That's a choice of yeah, like yeah, yeah. your look. And you're trying to send some message about yourself by right. like, Oh, I'm someone who doesn't care about this type of thing. Yeah. 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 I remember early on in like seeing live music, my cousin is like a big jam band guy. <laughs> and I had only seen concerts where like, like, uh, there was like a costume change, like, you know, big mm-hmm. production shows, like a lady Gaga type of show. Right. And he was watching like fish <laughs> Uh, like a tape of fish yeah, nice. playing. And I was like, so like, did these guys like choose these clothes? And he's like, what do you mean? Like they just, that's like what they woke up and put on. And then they went to the show and it, and it, it I couldn't wrap my yeah, head around yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yep. I was like, wait, that's just, so they just came and like what they put on when they woke up. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't do that for D. No, <laughs> like, no. I mean, I get dressed up for sure. I get dressed but he up had so much shit, pride yeah. in the fact that they just wore, like, he was so like, yeah, no, man, they're just fucking wearing what they yeah, wear, man. man. And yeah, like, it's all about the music, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, again, it's all a choice. It's and such like, a deliberate. I don't respect people more or less based on the way that they look when they perform. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why other people, like, do, like. Might be more interested. Yeah. Yeah. Because I might connect with them on that like aesthetic level, yeah. level like you're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah. Gosh. We live in a fucking weird world, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we really And the do. difference between a algorithm and a DJ mm. is like the human being that's up there. Yep. So that if that human being is interesting, and there's a billion ways for them to be interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can be interesting in so many different ways. Like, you don't need to be conventionally attractive or conventionally fashionable. Like, there's so many ways to be interesting. And yeah. But it is about that. It is about that human being. And you are a performance artist. I know a lot of people talk about like they wish people weren't looking at the DJ. I kind of think it's cool that people look at the DJ. Like, again, I think that's what I think it's cool. Yeah. I think that's what separates it from like a playlist. Right. It's what made me want to be a DJ. Actually, not that I want to be looked at, but that like there are looks to being a DJ. Like I fucking love watching like uh, Ida. What's it? Engberg. Engberg. Yeah. Yeah. 
she looks so fucking cool up there. Yeah. And yeah. she's obviously gorgeous, but like, I'm just like, what? how is she DJing? It doesn't even look like she's moving. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way about Blessed Madonna. Like, she yeah, is yeah. such yeah. a presence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's I mean, DJing is performance art. It's yeah. like you yeah. don't go to the ballet and like turn the other way. To, nope. And, like, you know, it's as much of a visual thing as it is a sonic thing, in my opinion. I know that not everyone would agree with that, but... Yeah, well, that's, like, the old school. And, like, I definitely respect and understand, like, you don't need to see the DJ to enjoy the music. But, like, that's just the music aspect of it. Like, we're talking about the real performance art aspect of it. Yes. That's why I love musicals, actually, because I believe that is, like, one of the most difficult performance aspects. You are acting, you are singing, you are dancing, you are talking, you are memorizing, like. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything. Yeah, so I that when I was a kid, I was like an actor, and I did a lot of musicals, and that's like really? how I fell in love, and that's why I think I I actually so uh, here funny we go, enough, let's get vulnerable. My, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you're up. <laughs> throwback story. No, my um, this guy. So when I was in grammar school, I started doing plays, and like the director of our grammar school plays was a very serious actor from New York. Aaron Weiner is his name. And he now runs um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's theater company in New York. And he was just in this Apple TV show. And like, he's like, uh, he's just a great actor. He's a real working theater actor. He's in this new show called the big door prize on Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nice. Yeah. He's dope in it. And uh, so yeah, Aaron Weiner and he actually like, we, recently reconnected and he was like because he like got me my agent when i was a kid and stuff and like really like was the reason i like really got into acting and the reason i went to film school for college and stuff he really like set me on my path and i recently reconnected with him hadn't talked to him in years and i was just like because he got that show and i wanted to reach out and be like man i think about you all the time and he was like, you know, it makes so much sense to me that you're doing what you're doing now because it's like a total evolution of wow. who you were as a kid. And it's yeah. the same feeling. It's like the same feeling on stage belting out a song and like <laughs> as it is DJing, right? It's yep. like that that give and take of like live theater is the same thing in DJing. It's also like, I mean, for the people who are like, oh, you shouldn't have to like see the DJ. But like when you go to a festival, for example, and mm. you go because you know it's going to be like insane production value. Yeah. Like the LED screens or whatever it is, a pyrotechnics, like are you just not paying attention to that either? Like, Yeah, that doesn't impress you know. me any much as much anymore. Really? The like festival production stuff? I love what Skrillex is doing. He's shaking shit up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. I like that boiler room shit. Like, yeah. Where you really are there with the artist. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously it's cool. Uh, compared to like a tale of us where it's like this big, like, yeah. Like that's, I all... have any ice, like that's overplayed to me and I haven't yeah, even I agree. seen yeah. it at this yeah. point. Like yeah, you can thank totally. social media for that, obviously, yeah, but definitely. like, I think everyone thinks they've seen tale of us at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've seen a video, you've seen tale of yeah. us. Right. Right. I, I, yeah. That's another topic. But I, I love that like performance aspect of it where it is so raw and they're right there. Like, yeah, I was just actually talking to somebody about this recently. We we're just talking about our, our favorite sets we've ever seen. Yeah. And to bring up Skrillex again, I, I somehow heard about an underground party in Barcelona when I was studying abroad. Skrillex was in town and I was like, I have what got year was to that? fucking go. It was 2014. Oh, yeah. And. You know, this is like Skrillex, Skrillex. I interned for him that year. So at did Ausla, you? Yeah. 
Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he was, was on like, one in that. Dude, he was time. playing some fucking sick shit. Yeah, like, he was and, great. And he was playing a lot of like housier and it was garage house. type of stuff. It was some it, he his mixing ability and his presence and the energy from the crowd. There was no LED screen. It was yeah. this underground secret club. I think there was like six lights in there, maybe. Oh, that's awesome. And the people, you know, Spanish people are the best. So yeah. they were fucking dancing and I got to really experience like what a live performance aspect is from a D like from a DJ. Like he was just so into it. Yeah. And that got me so into it yeah. too. And you know, and then like I guess compared to Ida, like she's not like, you know, making eye contact with the crowd, like everybody put your hands up, but like there is something to be said about how everyone has their own flavor. I love that everyone has their own yeah. flavor. I completely agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I notice stage presence so much. Yeah. And I think it's also like DJing is a very physical activity and like oh my it's God, really God, I'm a- sweating balls after Like to sets, bring yeah. back the Blast Madonna, like she is such a muscly DJ. <laughs> DJ Heather's like that too. Yeah. They're like boxers in the ring. Dude, DJ yeah. Heather looks like she could punch someone. It's very physical and <laughs> yeah, like beat is. them up. Yeah, it's like yeah, that yeah. Jack and House like yeah, it's so awesome. physicality or compared to like uh, Peggy who's very like flowy and smooth and like Almost like the dance moves are like rehearsed, but they're not. But like, yeah, she's yeah. just so on so point. On she's just like, yeah, it's either like she's kind of stoic up there when she's like going through her transitions. And then like as soon as like the big moment, she's just like flawlessly yeah. like with the crowd in motion. And yeah, it's very much like this physical thing that is like an act of service to other people. Like mm-hmm. you do it because it makes other people happy. It makes yourself happy. Like do it for yourself. But like yep. when you get to a certain level, you're doing it for other people. And yeah. like I think that relationship that you have with the crowd is so important as well. It's like very yeah. much a transfer of energy. And like if you're feeling them and they're feeling you, like that's just a great party. It so. is because yeah. you can feel their relationship with the music. That's what I like. Right. That's exactly. What I that is what it comes down to. Yeah. Like when I play a song, like it's intentional, you know, like, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm so happy to be an artist that I chose to be these days where, you know, you get to Chicago and I was like, all right, I got to become a DJ. So I guess I got to play all these fucking clubs and play these five hour open format <laughs> sets. And yeah. like that, that I learned a lot from that, how to read a crowd, how to fucking Bingo. make genres, how to entertain, like how to get people going that don't want to get going. I talk about that with Kirk all the time. Yeah. And Chicago is a fucking tough scene. Yeah. Like you got to play a lot of different crowds, man. A lot of different types of people, big time, a lot of different times of the day. And, through that, I have learned of like what songs that I'm like forgot about maybe, and I still come back to those, whether they're yeah. dance music or not. And that's like a really exciting thing for me because every song I play is with real intention, and I can tell that people see that I'm excited to be playing this song. <laughs> totally, I mix yeah. it in. I put the headphones down. I fucking scream the <laughs> you words lock at in. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the best. It is the best fucking best man what is your have you could describe your relationship with music what would it be oh that's interesting yeah i mean for it's all about transcendence for me it's like (laughs) just total presence yep especially like in the club if it's going well you're just fully present i know in the moment in a way like a dog dude in other fucking dog yeah literally like i can't do anything else but be in this moment yeah right yeah it drags you into the present which is very increasingly rare to (laughs) be in the present i know what about you? Um, I think the same transcendence. I think, yeah, it, 
experimentation and risk taking is mm-hmm. also a big part of my relationship with music. Yeah. Um I don't know. It it's so much this like undescribable feeling. Yeah. of like yeah, taking that risk, executing it and then having that payoff. It it yeah, there's so much like love in my relationship with music. Like when I play like oftentimes I like just like quietly set an intention like right before I like play my first track that like Mm. I'm gonna like push my love through like the speakers and that sounds really corny and cheesy and whatnot but like yeah I just like I don't know I don't know how to describe it. To Push my love through the speakers is a good sample. Push we my should love put that the in. Speakers. Yeah, need that, That's good. That but yeah, it's um yeah, it's really indescribable. I feel like it's where I'm supposed to be. Like when I'm in those moments. Yeah. I, I really it's hard to do when you're performing, especially for like a bigger crowd because it's a lot to think about, but yeah, that's when I'm like I'm just going to I'm just going to look up and live in the moment and and appreciate the opportunity and this time and how lucky I feel to be alive and have opportunities like this. It's like home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's nowhere else I'm supposed to be right now. I find it easier to play to a bigger crowd though than a, than a smaller Uh, crowd at this point. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say because not everybody get those opportunities. Yeah. 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 It it can be tough, a small crowd or a smaller crowd because yeah, people say read the room. Reading the room, I don't think it's reading the room. You guys might agree with this. I think you got to read certain people that are giving you a little bit of energy. You yep. give them the energy, and then they do the hard work for you on the day. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. Like, I can't, I'm not going to play every song that everybody likes because I read the room. Right, and right. if you read the room and it's a cold room and it's just cold, it's like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, find one person who's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's- I think, like, that all being said, that was, like, a challenge for me to, like, be – authentically myself as an artist Mm -hmm. where it's like I don't know I take my selecting very seriously as do all DJs but for me like I want to play the tracks that feel like exactly who I am and regardless of if it's a really cold room or a really hot room like I'm still gonna play it and like even if it translates to one person out of five people that are maybe on the dance floor that night like if I was able to do that for one person and hook them and have them like you know feel something um then I feel seen and then I feel like I did what I was supposed to do that night but yeah for me it's less of like a call and response with the crowd for me personally Mm -hmm. and this is another thing that like maybe is like weird um but yeah I typically just like have what I'm gonna play like set up and outlined and I'm just like hopefully when people are there and they are receiving it like it comes across as like a great thing to them and if it doesn't like oh well but like this is what I want to say tonight kind of like I don't know like a stand-up comedian they've like got their thing that they're gonna say and they've got all their jokes or whatever and Mm -hmm. they're just like hopefully these are like (laughs) these don't go over people's heads or whatever (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) there's a lot of similarities there's older people in the room tonight i'm gonna try a different material yeah like you're going up with yourself and like stand-up comedians not all jokes are gonna hit the same in different cities totally totally right yeah yeah and that's when being a, a dj having that experience can come in handy yeah, totally. continue to scale. Yeah, because man, you gotta have a fucking catalog. Like I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally. <laughs> this DJ recently that I was performing with, 
he's a friend, but you know I don't know him too well. And I accidentally took his USB and I loaded in re- recently to my record box. His playlist thing was not good, and I was like, "What is this playlist? It's like house trap." R&B and I was like bro like we just played this like show like what the fuck man <laughs> and my playlist is like I, I I'm curious to ask you guys this too but my playlists are usually either from a, a specifically curated mix or a set that I've played where I go through like I make playlists for almost every single set I'm not picking the song song by song but I'm trying to put myself in that moment and give myself options yeah, we're definitely the playlists are set by set for us too. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I do have playlists that are genre or yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I use that um, uh, tagging feature on Rekordbox. Do you know? Oh that? yeah, yeah, of course. So and then like auto playlists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have like genre tags on all my tracks, and then they get auto put into a playlist that correlates with that genre. Yeah, and then I have like moods that are two genres combined sometimes. Wow. And then, and like, then the the tagging will just put it in the playlist automatically. So if something's like acid and like, if it's tagged as like acid and breaks, then there's like a third folder that's like transcendence Damn, or something. I'm not doing there. it like that. Yeah, it's like, is how much fun is it coming back to a playlist though? And you're like, I've been wanting to play this track for three years. Yeah, it is yeah. really nice. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, you go back sometimes and you're like, damn, this is like, I didn't even think this was good back when I downloaded yeah, it, and now I it's know. like exactly what I need. They stay on the playlist. Yeah. But we also work. download so much new stuff. Like we, oh yeah, I mean we play a lot and we try to like not really play. I mean, especially because like we're just hitting the local scene so hard, and yeah. we know a lot of like repeat customers are gonna be coming like we get after weekend. So we're like, totally. oh, we really gotta like keep it new and keep it fresh. That's something with pure play. It's like every month. It's like even I if know. that's the only gig, we gotta Brand come totally new. different. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. There's some tracks, obviously. You're pe- some tracks are just too good to not play yeah. a couple yeah. times. Yeah. But I try to. We try to keep it. Fresh. And there's like you know. Some DJs like Aristrue talks about how like the more you play a track, the more power you give it. And I oh. really like. I like that. Yeah. I really learned what that meant for me this year. Like there's a few tracks that we have in our arsenal that are just like every time. They're hitters. And I don't feel awkward or cringe or embarrassed to play them again and again or like have like yeah. people take videos of us playing them again and again because I'm like this this is what we're trying to say. And like this is what feels right. And it's us. so perfectly what we're trying yeah. to say. Yeah. She says it with vinyl too, which makes a lot of sense because she's like, it's, you know, a physical object that's picking up it's tangible. spiritual value. Yeah, and yeah, for yeah. her, I mean, these these are records she's had like since the nineties. Yeah, that's epic. Yeah. But I think it's the same for digital. Like it is yeah, it's just true sure. of like yeah. tracks in general. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the world we live in now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I always that it's so cool talking to uh people that grew up on vinyl. And how they looked for the music. And, yeah. You know, like the, Paul from Ghetto Blaster told me this story about how he worked at uh, a record store in Chicago. And if a good house record would come in, he'd buy all 30 of the records so nobody else could have them. Yeah, I've heard a lot of those DJs they talk about take that. take a Sharpie keepers. and black out the names because DJs would come up and be like, what track is this? And be like, no, no one else gets this. The yeah. OG gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, trying to be restrictive with it. Yeah. And Very pro covers. telling anyone the ID you're playing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah who whatever. cares? Who cares? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, got two thousand more where that came from. Yeah, that's fucking right. You gotta have that confidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way that I playlist on Rekordbox is like, I, I don't know. Very straightforward. Yeah, I for mean, you. super straightforward for me. It's like the set by set by set. Mm-hmm. But then, like, ooh, I'm insane for this time periods that I've mm-hmm. downloaded them in. 
Oh. I know a lot of DJs do that. Time periods. Yeah. So like last it'll three be months. like, yeah, last three months, all the tracks that I've downloaded in the last three months. And then like another folder that's like the year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I don't think that's weird at all. A lot of people you, do that. I mean, I'm chemical you, you fucking own your style. Yeah. Yeah. That's dude. It's if it weird. works. I mean, it works for me, but like I have a feeling it'll stop working for me at a certain point, and then I'll kind of have like record box, like existential dread about like how do I <laughs> do Organize this? These? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Where that. do I go from here, and like how will it make sense for me? But yeah, I'm big on like time periods where I'm like, okay, the last three months, these are the tracks, and like, yeah, this is fresh and new and like exciting, even if it's an older track that I've done, like whatever. Yeah, it's just like well, where I'm at so right much now. Much music too that's released every day. Yeah. So much. 80,000 80, songs a day on Spotify. Is that really? The I name? don't know how many are good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's a like, lot of tracks. Yeah, and that, there's nothing better than finding like a fucking SoundCloud gem or yeah. Bandcamp, Bandcamp, doing oh, doing A and R and hearing all this unreleased music. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say, yeah. One thing that like we've been doing a lot if we're having like if we're stuck in a rut on trolling for tracks mm-hmm. um, digitally, we'll just pop over to Gramophone because we live really close yeah. to there. And Love we'll just that. like yeah. go and like, I'm like big in like the trance techno area. So I'll just go pick out some records. Don't know, like pick them blindly, go pop them on, listen to them and mm-hmm. then like take photos of them or like buy the record. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just like go down the rabbit holes. Like I, know, I recently discovered like force mass motion. Who's like, old school like trance techno cool guy been playing a lot of his tracks so good trance techno is very popular today people just don't realize that it was already popular right totally yeah Yeah. but some of these tracks i mean like god there's some gems out there there are gems it's yeah that feeling of finding that new track you're just like so excited (laughs) so excited yeah it's the best. And then you get to play it out, and then you're just like, yeah. Like, everyone's, like, going crazy, and you're going crazy. Yep. It's a high like none other. And they Shazam, and it's, like, from fucking 1997, and they're yeah. like, what? Oh. Yeah. yeah, I love when that happens. Yeah. Love when that happens on the dance floor as a oh, patron. You see them doing that? I, like, I Shazam, like, crazy in every club. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kirk's always, like, trying to hide it, and I'm just like... <laughs> I try to He's hide it too sometimes. I'm just like openly shazamming. Yeah. I do try to hide it sometimes. Most people do. But I like always see the DJs like sneaky shazamming. I hold it up. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, you're a fan. It's a good track, man. I want to. <laughs> I want to know what Respect. it is. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, we ball. Yeah, I love when they do, and I make eye contact, and I go unreleased, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, God damn they're like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like a fan too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll send you a Dropbox link. Right. Sure, why yeah. not? Like, sure. Yeah. Take it. I Spin don't know what you're going to do with it. Yeah. 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 Go they're for it. They're just going to listen to it on their own time. Yeah. Hey. Hey, it's better. Probably than better like to give it to them than another, another DJ. DJ. Rinse it a bunch of times. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. So you catch my drift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your guys' fucking music. I'm excited to get get it out there. We're going to send yeah. you a, Please. a private SoundCloud link and see. Cannot wait. See what you think. See if you have any people we can put it in the hands of. Absolutely. And I'm going to give you the info for the mix and master guy, and he's going to fucking take that shit to the next level. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, on the topic of, like, the track stuff, Yeah. just to say, like, I think, talking about, like, us as artists and, like, what we do differently or what we contribute to as the duo, yeah. like, she is, like, such a great selector 
and like I think her mixing style has is like very like storytelling and very like let the track like moments tell its story mm-hmm. and like have its moment and I think I'm very much like a technician of <laughs> yeah is that my that's like my thing I'm what a into great with combo. DJing like I love like this technology of the CDJ is like I'm obsessed with it <laughs> and I and the mixer and like knowing all the effects and all the like yeah. weird stuff you can do so yeah. yeah that's really the combination we we're bringing with this hot pretty thing is like oh her a lot of like the taste and the selection I mean we're both finding the tracks but like yeah. I think that's like something that she's really strong at and then me with like while we're like when we're in the club and like you know I love my build ups yes my builds <laughs> yes yeah well, you guys, every time I see you play, it's like, I mean, I, honestly, I, I never recognize one song. Maybe maybe a fucking Prospa song or something yeah. like yeah. that. But it's just so exciting because I see you guys having a really good time. Totally. Yeah. And it's because you genuinely enjoy, like, DJing. Yes. And you don't make it seem like it's too cool, you know? Like, yeah. You just enjoy the fuck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, Seamus, you've taught me some fucking shit on the CDJs that I'll show people, <laughs> and they're like what yeah like when you have when you click bring the fucking volume up on the reverb and you hit it on the little oh X-pad. yeah and the little x-pad yeah, yeah it's just swaggy you know? yeah, yeah it is yeah, yeah. yeah. most like, this is also when we were talking about like people are starting dj and like the dilettantes uh-huh. like when i have some of those people behind the booth i like to like throw a little slip mode and stuff <laughs> and they're just like what the fuck yeah, yeah absolutely slip mode's a good one yeah. slip mode's a very good or one fun, like a spin back is really satisfying oh like, yeah Absolutely. That's kind of like a yeah. Uh, yeah, people trick. are getting the spin back yeah, now. But, but slip mode is for slip mode's elite. Yeah, <laughs> you got if you slip mode on a break in a transition, I'll do it sometimes and it'll work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank God that worked. You gotta yeah. move quickly on that one. Yeah. But it, you yeah. do on the three thousands. You can slip mode a spin back and then turn off slip mode and it'll go back to the the three thousands are fucking at. nuts. Yeah. They're intimidating. I've grown to like them a lot more. I've grown to like them a lot. I like them a lot more. I started out hating them. Send us some. Also, the V10 I love now, too. Yeah, me too. I love the V10. Yeah. People are afraid of that thing. That isolator. I was really afraid of it in the beginning. It's it's just a lot of buttons. It's a lot of buttons. I don't need the four band EQ. That's kind of obnoxious to me, but the filter is so much better. Oh, my God. I can fucking rip it and bring it back. I don't need the six channels. No, I don't need the six channels. No, I don't need the six channels. Give me four with that filter and then the isolator up top. Yeah. The isolator is so sick. That was like the... I Actually, so Dixon, you know, he was always touring with his like custom Isono mixer and I now he plays on the V10. Really? Only, yeah. All like, these guys. It probably also got like now. a little tedious for him to yeah. tour with his. Yeah, but own I think mixer. when when they added that isolator, he was like, "Oh, that's what I needed. That's all I needed." Yeah. God, she got hot too. Yeah, Fucking. It was a little warm in here, but. You got the nest Chicago, on the phone, man. Yeah. Huh? You got the nest on the phone. I do. Ooh, you like that? It's the first time yeah. I've had this. I like it. It's yeah, cool. We actually, nice. uh, we our, our app, landlord, but... he's he's vague about why we can't have the app. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is he he's watching like, you? No, he's just like, yeah, like, I don't know. I couldn't get, it was like something about it not being able to get it working or something. Like he, <laughs> he's been very adamant that the app is not possible. It's definitely possible. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys, this has been such a fun conversation yeah it really has 
I always love chatting with you guys every single time. It's always too long between, unfortunately, because we're so goddamn busy. I know. And we're all, we also have the day jobs too. We got to give you like good life updates. Like we got to be able to like let some shit happen and then come back. And And then come back together for the combo. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still working the same spot? Dude, same job. Logistics salesman. I'm a director now. I've been there for eight years. Yeah. You've been climbing the ranks, man. Yeah. Trying to. Trying to find a way out one day, obviously. Okay. Yeah, of um, course. Obviously, us all. too. I'm trying to get deep in the YouTube game. Doing some uh, really? master classes right now. Oh. Um, trying to just build my online presence. Build like a YouTube following for yourself? Yeah. I mean, Mr. Like, Beast to, yeah. style? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be Mr. Beast. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that I believe my biggest audience is on YouTube, and they just haven't found me yet and vice versa. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm underutilizing the gear that i have and yeah. some of the advice and talents and stuff and sometimes you just are getting in your own way and making excuses and stuff so right i just i've uh found this course it's called circle and it's just like a cohort sort of okay nice. and uh, there's classes there's like next level podcasting how to get advertising and make money from what i'm doing you know because like Absolutely. my day job has just been supplying all that completely yeah. which yeah, we get that is I'm grateful. Where do you see the most like uh, traffic on Sherm in the booth? Is it um, probably Instagram? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, probably yeah. Instagram, which I where I put the most effort, but now where I f- get the least back, I guess, like on a personal level, like it's where the following is. But um, man, it drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, dude. Right? It's, like, that's that's why I've like it's frustrating. I took some time to like refocus like i have some really exciting music that i'm stoked about yeah um but when you try and balance all these things i mean you know i'm fucking married like i have a job i have music i have the podcast i have hood politics yeah yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day you're booking yeah i'm booking yeah Yeah. it's like dude there's so many things going on and i've been on these out of town shows which has been amazing yeah good but it's been great i'm on a fucking tour i got a headline show in denver next uh at the end of this month that's awesome i didn't i could a year ago i wasn't sure if things like that would ever happen yeah Yeah. but it's all about balance so yeah is that all been through the hood politics thing do you think that really opened the door to that opponent for sure definitely relationships and how much i've been able to give back and right you know when you build a brand that is always going to have more potential than an individual brand sort of like any label can always be bigger, I believe, than the individual artists. Because yes. Because of everything that can go into it. Totally. So there's a bunch of us that are all building our individual brands through Hood Politics, which has been amazing. People are so much more down also on social media to follow like a brand than a person. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The, the Hood Poly IG just constantly getting followers Same comments. Same Manifest. And I'm yeah. just like, why are, like, they're just rolling I'm in. like, hey, it's me. And we're killing and ourselves yeah. on our personal pages. Yeah. Like, I think that's another reason the hot pretty thing is like a good move. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, that has been a long time coming. And I'm one of those people who said, you guys got to do this shit. Yeah, but. totally. You were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the smart people were like, make all the it happen. smart people. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you guys think your biggest fan base is going to lie on the dance floor? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like been our calling card so far mm-hmm. is like just, yeah, the dance floor. Like to, I think to us tracks again, it's like the tracks to us are just the vehicle to yeah. get to the club. Definitely. Get yeah. to get to like the clubs to play for yeah. people. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
This yeah, is the live year. experience of it. Like, there's nothing more precious than the present moment, like, and the in-person experience. Like, we found that out the hard way in the pandemic. Like, when we came out of it, we were like, this is, like, where we're supposed to be and mm-hmm. how our music is supposed to be enjoyed and listened to and received. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be aware of the world we live in with technology and social media and everything but i can honestly say i'm really happy that i'm alive during this time because of what you can do right totally yeah you know yeah like even though ai is getting a little scary uh (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast yeah Yeah. fuck man i mean i don't know i think kind of zooey said it earlier like there's always gonna be the human element to things maybe ai could do it better but it's not know. interesting. It's just like a like a bot, like a chat bot picking tracks. Like the whole that's again, yeah. That's why yeah, th- it's all about the Spotify human being. Playlist then, like you know, weed out the week, man. Like yeah, any anybody that could be replaced by AI maybe should. No offense, right? But I don't know. I think there's a there's a purpose for everything. But AI is. It seemed like uh, last year was long in a long way away but i know now they're like wait 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 like no more yeah but everybody was talking about like this about nfts last year too everyone's That's like true. everything's gonna be an nft N- not nfts did not they're happen. done yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did not invest or do any of that neither shit. did i i'm glad i never took the time to really understand it i tried yeah. and i was like i'm just it's not interesting to me so it's not for me yeah. i worked in the first crypto boom and i knew from that how yeah. fake all of it was uh-huh because I worked at like a crypto company. Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh, this is all fugazi." And so when the <laughs> NFTs were coming around, I was like, "There's no way." Yeah. I just like don't even understand any of it. Good, like, you didn't. Need I don't to, need they... to. Like, <laughs> this is all imaginary. Like, whatever. It's not the reality I'm living in. Yeah. You dodged a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all dodged a bullet. Yeah, we, we yeah I know some people went down hard. On oh it. yeah. I think I lost like twenty money. bucks on Dogecoin. And then I was like, eh, like that was my one contribution, like trying. Yeah. And just like I fell on my face with that, like really. Dude. Yeah, and it's like that's less than we pay for like a bottle of moisturizer. I'm a yeah. fucking Jew. I don't gamble. I yeah. That's hard earned money. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna gamble it. Oh, Mazel tov. Yeah. yeah, like I'm gonna. I have a financial advisor who makes calculated investments, <laughs> and he updates me on them. And I appreciate that. You gotta yeah, connect exactly. with this guy. I need this guy. He's a good guy. I got a couple people to connect you with. Plug me with the mixing mastering guy <laughs> and the investment guy. It's the same guy. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> <Bob>, <Yep>. man. <laughs> now we're talking. Back this guy's spin, a legend. It's the cat ketamine guy. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Yeah. He's upstairs right now. My guy. Yeah, that's right. He's on the fifth floor. Yeah, you know, five, he, six, he, five seventeen. He helped me move in. He runs the building. <laughs> I run into him all the time. Dude, that guy was so funny. I remember so vividly now. I mean, it was so strange, like going to the roof of your building, and then all of a sudden, just somebody <laughs> saying my name, and I look, and I have no idea who they are, and then they're like, "I took a photo with you." He didn't do a good job introducing himself. Not so much. I hope he doesn't watch this. He didn't. Seem I like- hope he does because we appreciate you coming to the shows. Yeah. We, yes. We. He didn't do. seem like he had his wits about him up no. there. But he. Completely. I remember he. I went to. It was the night of the first ever pure play because it was my birthday. And I really wanted to play on my birthday, so pure play was the first one on my birthday. Of course. Um, and Kai was 
it was also his birthday and he did the jp graziano set just like in the street legendary and i went with my friend and i was like let's just go check it out i had no idea what it was gonna be like but there were people like spilling out into the street like it was crazy it's like this is so cool um just running into like all the people in the scene that we know Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this guy's like oh i've like seen you dj like you're abigail he's like wait i really want to get a photo with you so he handed his girlfriend the phone was like babe like take my photo with this girl and i was like oh my god like this is weird yeah um like sorry (laughs) and then (laughs) so we like took the photo and then he's just kind of like i don't know clearly was on cat tranquilizers that night and was just kind of like carrying the conversation on and then i was like sick man like peace thanks for being a fan whatever yeah um but yeah so it all came flooding back when when he i love him i love that he came up like that i love that that's how we like reen we saw each other yeah, yeah. saw each other that was reconnected very random so random that's... but life's full of little special moments like yeah. that isn't it i wonder if the girlfriend was on cat tranquilizers when she took that I photo she was. She's like, oh, oh. <laughs> everything's blue here you go <laughs> jp graziano's that was shit good. was fucking wild to me blue. that's like I don't a know. crazy how was kyle allowed to do that does he know the fucking owner or some shit yeah they do yeah, yeah. they do and i think it was like, oris it was oris yeah Oris was probably like and jp like they've been there forever they definitely are like probably plugged with like all the cops in chicago definitely so there was not like, one cop around they were yeah. like we'll end this at 11 it's just this street like it'll be done before you know it and <sighs> but i want to do more shit like that like, yeah that renegade so shit cool. like let's just pop up did you go to the uh house calls car wash thing no I was you're out of town right yeah oh man that was so sick where Robert. was that in lincoln park like yeah right on north avenue or like sorry not north avenue it was on halstead um past north avenue it was like this old car wash that they renovated in the pandemic or converted to like a covid testing site oh my god i, I was gonna say right it used to, to be like I-Fi? a mini cooper place too I yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes 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 exactly yes. that yeah. place yeah. Um, oh shit! I got a COVID test in there actually. Wait, yeah. no, not the Mini Cooper place. Oh no, that one. That is, one was uh, our that COVID, one was testing. COVID testing place. No, that, no, no, no. Right. Do you know where iFly is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right next to iFly. Okay. So. He uh, connected with the guy who like owns the space, and it's just like for lease on the market. And he was just like, "Yeah, like you can like do a one-off party here, and we'll see how it goes." Damn. And I think like until. I don't know. He like sells it, or I don't know what the deal it. is with the space, but it was an unreal party. My friend yeah. Spencer, he he set up that void system. Oh, cool! It sounded so Amazing. good. Mm-hmm. It sounded like we were able to go up shit. on like the stage and watch from the DJ's perspective, and it literally felt like a mini music festival stage. Yep. Like the wow. voids were right there, and they had like you know like the riser stage, and yeah, the way it like just. Sh- like would shake and rattle with like the kicks and the That's bass. Sick. Like it felt like being on a Void festival. Void sounds stage. so good too. Oh, yeah. so especially good. it was like all minimal tech, and oh, yeah, that clean. system's perfect clean, for that. It's all yeah, very clean. clean. Yeah. yeah, all those tracks are. That's sick. the shit we need going down in Chicago. Produced. Yeah, it I is. I agree. A lot, need more, a of lot more of that. Yeah. And who was it? Eddie M. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Eddie M. Um, Solid grooves. But yeah, it was yeah such a cool way to transform a space like that, and they set up like a really solid lighting rig in there too i was very impressed by the production value and like yeah it didn't it felt like i don't know diy in the right ways and then like high production value in the right ways yeah. so it was yeah just well like said. this really cool experience i hope they do it again me too it was epic yeah. i bet they will 
they're onto some shit right now. They're fucking sniffing out the opportunities. Yeah, yeah they are. Just I creating mean, Abby's that. all about the business. She is in her bag right now. Oh, she's yeah. killing it. And this is like what Drew does now. Yeah. yeah. And her too. I mean, I think they're yeah. both full time. Oh, really? I thought she yeah. had a day job still. She does not she anymore. She does not anymore. I think Cody's the only one who's still. Wow. With the day job. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Fucking two feet in, baby. Yeah. I know. Go for it. We're both like, fuck them. We need to get on that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, how do they do it? They're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> So Probably got to get to bed soon. Yeah, I got to catch the yeah, bus in the morning RFP to work. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh, was I mentioned the Mr. Beast thing because at work at the ad agency, we've been working on a pitch for Mr. Beast. Yeah, I mean, he's so powerful. So powerful. It's, it's honestly insane. scary. It's yeah. interesting because like... Does he just bought like houses in a town for all his employees? Yeah, kind of dystopic. He's so much money. Oh, I feel like he's going to get canceled. I don't know. He's a strange guy. You ever actually watch one of those videos? Oh, I watched a lot of them. Yeah, he is... They're just, weird. I know. They're all pretty nerdy dudes, <laughs> to say the least. I just feel like when his fans interact with him too, he looks so uncomfortable. Like when his fans hug him, he's like, "Yeah." Ugh. Have you uh, have you had a Mr. Beast burger? No, but I have had the chocolate. That's what we were working on. Yeah. Is the burger any good? It's literally a hamburger, but they put the buns upside down. <laughs> what? I swear to God, like yeah. Inside out. Yeah, like if I took a bun and I flipped them. Yeah. Oh, oh that's what it. That's all it is. Yeah. That's like the hack and of some it. Some grilled onions. Can you get it uh, in Chicago? Yes, on Uber Eats. Wow. Oh, it's like just Ghost Kitchen stuff. You can only order it for uh, delivery. I think it, they might have a storefront, but it, yeah, mm, I'm not sure. The reverse bun. Yeah, I was like, is this what it is? <laughs> This is your. Uh, I was your like, God damn it! This motherfucker doesn't even have good food. <laughs> no, he doesn't. His chocolate's not very good either. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway. Well. Cut all that out too. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Cut Suzette, that. Cut you that. got some editing to do on this. <laughs> Did you line. ever? Uh, you ever watch that? It's always sunny in Philadelphia podcast. Yeah. Of course. Uh, they're always saying cut that, which I just find so cut funny. That. Yeah, cut that. Cut, cut that. that. Cut yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut, cut that, that, cut that, cut that. Yeah, NDA'd yeah. to high heaven. We'll cut some things. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, amazing conversation today. Thank you for having so us. So good Thank to have you. you guys back. It's good to be back. So Two good to Timers be back. Club for Sherman the Booth. Yes. Timers. First time for Hot Pretty, though. Won't be the last. And yes. I'm so excited to see what the rest of this year holds. And I can't wait to listen to this music Thank and you. see you guys perform officially live together soon. Yes. Yeah. Are there any shows that you can tell us about right now? This will probably be out next week, so it'll be like May 17th. Yes, yeah. so we have a boat party on May 26th that we're doing with Jordan Martin. Let's go. Um, it's with the promoters EDM Shy slash What's Good Chicago. Uh-huh, yep. cool. Um, so that's going to be uh, that Friday. Nice. And then uh, Pure Play, the 27th, Saturday, May 27th. Big weekend. Yeah, yeah big Memorial weekend. Day so two weekend. chances to yeah. see us. The boat party, Boom, and then baby. yeah, and then and we then. are doing a takeover of primary on June second with DJs uh, Blastonio and Tommaso, cool. who are some of our besties in the scene, and we love 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 them, and they bring just an amazing energy. So yeah, and then lots more TBA yes. on the horizon. Scream at Serum in July. Yeah, that yeah. was a booking. Is yeah. Scream Hiroko and you guys? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> 
I know. Second time playing with Scream, which will be That's cool. That's going to be sick. Yeah. Um, and then Arc, of course. Of yeah. course. And then our monthly peer plays at the listening room, those will just be cranking with the most loving high energy. Yes. So. Yeah. My gosh, guys. You know what day you're playing at Arc yet? No. No. Okay. Hasn't I'm been announced yet. TBD. We'll really let you know. You just winked at me. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Do I have to cut that, too? <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for watching. If you made it all, to the, all the way you. to the end, make sure to follow them at Hot Pretty. Or is it underscore Hot underscore. Pretty underscore? Yeah. Branding. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it not available? It I feel like that's wasn't branding. available. Just at Hot Pretty just yeah. wasn't available. Yeah, yeah no. Get those good. underscores. Looks good. I'm pretty sure that page specifically has just like random Getty images of like mm-hmm. girls. So. <laughs> Getty images, yeah. So <laughs> viewers okay. beware. Viewers beware. Us. Yeah, that is not them. It's these two beautiful people right here. Who's hot? Who's pretty? You'll have to find out. TBD.